In this episode, we look at the power of the political economy. We also look at South African government's revision of its budget deficit and Namibia raising its key lending rate. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC. INM Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. In this episode, we look at the power of the political economy. Peter Skribant, political economist with Oxford Economist, gives us insight into the power of the political economy and its impact on Africa's policy environments. Political economy and the interaction between politics and economics is crucial in Africa as politics and policy have an undeniable impact on economic factors, whereas economic phenomena that can determine political outcomes as well. Now, what is political economy? Political economy is the intersection and interaction between politics and economics. This interaction creates the policy environment and policy outcomes within the continent and especially in Africa, is crucial to determine what is going to happen. Now, why political economy? Well, traditionally, there has been a lot of gaps between traditional economic models and political realities on the continent. And political economy allows us to map and model everything in between and how these factors connect to each other. It allows us and gives us insights into Africa's policy environment. Now, where do we see the impact of political economic um, phenomena? Well, some crucial examples are coups, elections, and the government's policy responses to these phenomena. In 2019, following the coup in Sudan, where former President Omar al-Bashir was ousted after 30 years in power, we here at Oxford Economics Africa did research to look at the political and economic phenomena which precede and follow coups to determine what to expect when the next one occurs. What we found was over the past 10 years in the 2010s, the frequency of and intensity of coups have decreased significantly across the world and in the African continent, but that most of these coups have some predictable deterministic characteristics preceding the coups. Things like low economic growth, high inflation, unrests and high spending on the military. While none of these factors determine a coup's occurrence, they do um, identify the policy and political environment which create the fertile soil for coups to occur. In 2020, follow the the COVID-19-induced economic disaster in Africa, we saw the proliferation of coups between 2020 and 2022, where several coups spread out between the African continent. Again, this shows the power of political economy and how we can identify um, the factors preceding these events and where we can expect um, this to happen. Some interesting applications of political economics is when we look at elections over the past decade in Africa. As we can see, prior to elections, economic growth tends to not deviate that much from the norm, while as following an election, economic growth tends to dip notably. Several factors play into this, as well as why economic growth is higher in the election year. 
This could be determined by the new party coming into power or the old party spending counter-cyclical fiscal policy measures to prop up growth and spending as to ensure their victory. However, these policies tend to have a short-term impact and do not facilitate long-term economic development or and which would lead to why economic growth is lower following an election year. This can also be determined by other factors as in the new party coming into power still figuring out how to manage this economy. However, this doesn't speak to specifically to the expectations prior to the election and how um, a, a ruling party's expectations of whether they lose power influences their policies. The second factor that we can look at is the government balance, the fiscal deficit. Typically, we can see that a couple of years before an election year, the fiscal deficit is pretty stagnant, but it starts to widen as the election draws closer. This has to do with more um, uh, due to a, a notable increase in short-term spending on subsidies, direct cash payments to citizens, all to um, encourage them to turn out to election and vote for the current ruling party, which helped fund them. However, we do see that following an election, promises likely made in the election, the continuation of these expensive policies tend to widen the government budget deficit even further, and it only recovers to pre-election level by three years on average. Now, this all depends on which party is in power, and those are interesting dynamics which play into political economy and our model. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. South Africa's government revised its budget deficit forecast to 4.9% of GDP in the 2022-2023 fiscal year from a previous estimate of 6% in February, mainly due to better-than-expected tax collections, especially from mining. The budget gap should continue to shrink to 4.1% in 2023-2024 versus a 4.8% earlier and 3.9% in 2024-2025 versus a 4.2% earlier. Gross debt to GDP is seen stabilizing at 71.4% in 2022-2023, whereas in February it was expected to stabilize in 2024 2025 at 75.1%. The economy is seen expanding at 1.9% in 2022 from an earlier estimate of 2.1%, 1.4% in 2023 versus a previous 1.6% and 1.7% in 2024 versus a previous 1.7%. Finance Minister Enosh Godongwana said he plans to use some of the extra revenue to reduce government debt and bail out three state companies crucial for the economy. At the same time, the National Treasury remained firm on limiting increases for public sector workers. Zimbabwe's annual consumer price inflation eased for the second straight month to 268.8% in October of 2022 from 284.4% in the prior month. Inflation has been falling since August this year following tight monetary measures implemented by the government and monetary authorities. Some of the measures included suspending payment to government contractors, raising the policy rate to 200 percent and the introduction of gold coins as a store of value. On a monthly basis, consumer prices rose by 3.2 percent, the least since July of 2021, following a 3.5 percent increase in the previous month. 
The Central Bank of Namibia raised its key lending rate by another 75 basis points to 6.25% during its October meeting, following a similar decision by the South African Reserve Bank in September. It's the fifth consecutive rate hike so far this year, pushing borrowing costs to levels not seen since February of 2020 to safeguard its currency peg with the South Africans' round and to continue anchoring inflation expectations. Namibia's headline inflation was 7.1% in September, but still close to an over five-year high of 7.3% in August. Inflation is now forecast to average around 6.1% for the year, up from 5.8% indicated at the last meeting in August. The central bank confirmed again it's expected the domestic economy to grow by 3.2% in 2022, mainly driven by diamond and gold mining, as well as better recovery prospects across most sectors. And a quick look at the markets, the Johannesburg Stock Exchange or Share Index extended gains to trade around 66,360 on Wednesday after South Africa's National Treasury reported an improved fiscal and debt outlook for at its midterm budget for 2022, helped by buoyant mining receipts. The government will use this revenue to increase spending in health, education and local government, free basic services, infrastructure and security and safety. A portion will be used to bail out three state-owned firms critical for the economy. Meanwhile, growth projections were lowered from 2022 until 2014, in part due to a global slowdown, high inflation and recurrent power cuts. Investors also continue to monitor corporate earnings reports and expectations of slower rate hikes by the Federal Reserve. Tech companies and financials were leading the gains, followed by resource-linked shares. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at Withadong.